Welcome to the Success IQ Podcast, the show for entrepreneurs who want to create and live an exceptional life. I'm your host, Jeff Nicholson, and this is episode 117. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are in the world. I truly hope you are having an amazing week. So we're going to jump straight in with our guest, Matt Malouf. Now, Matt is passionate business coach, entrepreneur, speaker, author, and podcast host on a mission to help entrepreneurs around the world break the shackles of mediocrity and reach new levels of personal and business success. Ultimately, a man after my own heart. Matt's coaching programs help more than a thousand clients add millions of dollars in turnover without adding pressure on internal resources. He incorporates the framework outlined in his bestseller, The Stop Doing List, to help entrepreneurs address their most crucial needs and build a thriving business that gives them more certainty, more profit, and ultimately more freedom for the things that really matter in life. So welcome to the show, Matt. Thanks, Jeff. Great to be here. Yeah, I'm really, really looking forward to having a conversation with you about all of this cool coaching stuff. So before we get started, can you give us a little bit of a backstory about what's brought you to this point today? Absolutely. So um, so I started my career um, as an accountant following my father's footsteps. And um, I quickly realized that uh, accounting wasn't for me. Um, I, I found myself working with uh, one of the big four firm uh, international firms but uh staring at spreadsheets all day and uh crunching numbers just didn't uh, didn't do it for me um and so i ventured into um the fitness industry um and got involved uh with an early stage franchise business there um helped them systemize that business and then uh actually went out and purchased one and grew it and leveraged and within a very short period of time, uh, got bored again because I had that business operating profitably under management. Um, and I found a, a natural affinity to just helping um, and, and supporting and coaching and mentoring. And then so um, I set up uh, Wisdom Coaching uh, eight years ago now and uh, been helping uh, small, medium and large businesses all around the world for the last eight years and having an absolute ball doing it. Wow, brilliant, brilliant. I work for my family too. It didn't work out, at least for the first one. It certainly didn't work out. My granddad ended up firing me because I, <laughs> I just wasn't doing what I should be doing. It was the best lesson I ever learned. <laughs> Although I didn't learn, I didn't learn to stop working for family because I ended up working for my auntie and then my in-laws. So, you know, <laughs> just the challenge you do. Um, brilliant. Okay, so in this, in the area of your coaching and working with all these different size businesses, what do you feel is some of the biggest challenges that they're facing for when they bring you in? So it often falls into one of uh, three, I guess, broader categories. Um, the first being uh, uh, time. They either uh, don't have enough time to do what they need to be doing uh, or all of their time is being spent in and on their business and they're, they're very close to a burnout state uh, and actually falling out of love with their business. So they start resenting the business, even though there is success, so financial success off the back of that. Um, the second one is um, team. So they either aren't sure who to bring in next uh, or who to bring in at all. 
So they don't have a structure of um, team growth or they're having the natural challenges that all business owners have, which is, is you know, um, having the right people uh, in the right seats, doing the right things at the right time. Um, and then the third one people come to me for is around money. And um, so how do I increase their profitability in their business? Uh, and what I find often is that um, people are focusing on the wrong things when they look at their, the, the money side of their business. Um, and what I've come to learn is that, um, you know, cash flow is often a big one as well. So uh, a fast growing business has as many cash flow challenges as a declining business. And so um, often uh, people will come to me because of particularly around my finance background to help them get the right um, systems, processes, and I guess learnings around how to manage cash flow for growth. Yeah, right. Okay. Okay. And with, do you, so with that, do you feel, do, do you find that it doesn't matter what size the business are, if they're at that certain level within, I don't know, let's say growth within that certain criteria that they're in, they all have the same type of issues or do they all come with different challenges? No, I think they, they're all very, very similar. I think the, the, the growth of a, a company is very similar to the, the growth of a child. We all have, you know, we sort of, uh, you, let's say you start school and in prep and then you, you graduate to grade one and grade two. Business is the same and each grade has its own challenges that sort of come common themes along the growth, growth journey. Right. Okay. And I, I mean, I know from reading your information, you've got a program called Profitable Lifestyle Business. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm interested for you, what is a lifestyle business? Because there's so many different definitions. Yeah. Um, what is what for you is a lifestyle business? So for, for me, a lifestyle business is a business that actually serves and aligns with the life you choose. So it's not... Um, uh, it's not all palm trees and sitting on a beach with a laptop. That's not my definition of a lifestyle business. You've been although, looking at my Instagram account. <laughs> well, well, say, although if that is your what your goal is, then, then that's what I would help you work towards. Um, what for me, uh, profitable lifestyle business is helping. Um, part of our nine step process is we talk about creating a life business master plan. So it's actually going, what, are your, what do you want from your life? What does what is your time look like? What, what adventures do you want to have? Uh, how much time do you want with your partner or if you have children, your children, et cetera, et cetera? What do you want to do with your life? And then how does your business and your business model align with the life that you want to have? Um, so for instance, I made a decision very early on in my career that I wanted to be at, at school events. I wanted to be able to go to swimming carnivals and athletics carnivals and uh, you know um, when when the kids are getting awards at school I want to be I want to be the dad in the audience that sees that not having to watch it via a video or or photographs or be told about it and so accordingly I then because I've made that decision how I want my life to be the business model that I've chosen aligns with that it gives me the flexibility that in short notice if I get told yeah, at Christmas time, we got told that one of our children was receiving a, a, a big award at school um, and you know, it was three days time. I, my business has the flexibility to be able to manoeuvre so that I can be there for that. I love that because there's an awful lot of businesses out there or, or even it doesn't matter what level they are. They seem to focus all on the business and then they realise that their life 
is got to fit in the cracks. Mm. And, it, you know, the, the pressure and the challenges that that then presents in so many different ways, you know, very much in, in every aspect of the lives can be massive. Yeah, and it often takes a significant life event for them to, to wake people up, like a, a death of a close friend or a family member or even a near-death experience themselves or they get sick, for them to actually snap out of this, hey, it's not all only about the financial success of this business. No, no, absolutely. So when you're, because I know that the, the, the other aspect of what the misconception with lifestyle business is, it's something you do on your, you know, your kitchen table. It's the... Um, I don't know, an example, I think that I've heard a few people say lifestyle business are things like forever living or, or um, some sort of holistic treatment stuff. But I like, I like your definition because it's about making sure that your, your personal life and your business life fit as harmoniously as possible together so yeah. you can enjoy. Because at the end of the day, that's really what you're in business for. So give yeah, you absolutely. the ability to have that lifestyle and give the you know, the people you care for, the amazing life that you want. Yeah. You know, and I think um, um, for me, lifestyle business also isn't about not working. Like, like I, I feel very blessed and love what I do. I don't want to not work. Um, I just don't want to work all the time. And I don't want to feel that when I'm not at work, I'm always thinking about work. I want to be able to create a model that enables me to, to have freedom um, uh, in what I do. I love that. I love that. Okay, so before you mentioned a nine-step plan, um, can you go into a little bit more detail about that? Yeah. So, I mean, over the, the years of working with many businesses, there was a, a, a sort of formula that seemed to keep popping up. And, and uh, so the nine steps, and, and these aren't in any particular order. Um, so the first, you know, what we, what we want to do is get your, your life business master plan. Um, then... Um, um, Number two is um, creating what we call momentum metrics. So I think a lot of people will look at um, a dashboard or a lot of businesses don't even look at any metrics, but what we're looking for is what are the correct metrics or scorecard that we need to create that moves you and your business forward. Um, the third piece is um, actually creating an implementation pulse in your business. So. There's often a lot of um, things that um, and pieces of the puzzle that business owners want to implement, but they don't. They find it's always an afterthought, uh, or you mentioned it earlier, squeezing it in the cracks. Um, so help them actually create an implementation pulse, which helps them grow a lot faster. Um, then we look at a, um, actually implementing a marketing system into their business. So rather, a lot of businesses will only be doing advertising uh, when they need customers, but we help them actually implement a, a clear marketing system, um, building the, um, predictable, the next step, step five is predictable conversion. So how do you take those leads and can convert them predictably? And then number six is um, how do we optimize and maximize return? How do we actually understand and calculate our customer lifetime value and, and maximize that every step of the way? Um, the last three steps are uh, harnessing great talent. Um, and I think, I think people underestimate the time it takes to um, attract, um, retain, and, and I guess inspire great people to, to work in your business. Um, number eight is, is smart systems. So uh, how to apply technology um, as well as um, basic 
business systemization to your organization. And then the last piece is, uh, and it's in inverted commas, firing yourself. And I guess that aligns uh, closely to the, the book that I wrote, which is the stop doing list. And so what we want to do is understand what are the pieces in the business that you want to want to be doing, like creating your own role and knowing that there's um, zero limitations on what you what you want in your role and then firing yourself from every other aspect of, uh, of that you're involved in. Yeah, because that, that's a, that can be a challenge for some people because some people, um, if I'm understanding the way you've described it, is they, there, is a, there is a point where some people become a, um, how would you say, the choke point in, in the business, either because they micromanage and they can't let go because they want to control everything. Or the other thing is, is that they, they end up doing, well, the crap that they're rubbish at in some extent, if you want to go, you know, I got into this because I love coaching. The after effect of that is, is you have to be, as most businesses are, part of its sales, marketing, and all of the other stuff that comes along with that. Um, what do you find is the, do you find that yourself is the, the, that, that choke point is maybe because they don't want to let go of the control? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, in the book, I, uh, the, I talk about um, the four negative, negative mindsets that, uh, that you need to reset. And um, so part of it is, one of them is, is about control. But you know, the four, four mindsets are, number one, they can't do it as well as I can. So the owner's looking and looking at the people they've got or um, they've had bad experience maybe bringing people in before and, and their mindset is nobody can do this as well as I can. Um, the, the second one is I don't want to give up control um, be, because, you know, uh, I'm fearful of what they'll, you know, I, I don't want to expose uh, this part of my business to anybody or whatever, whatever the story they're telling themselves is. Um, the third one is um, why they hold on to it is I can't afford it. Um, and when you do some simple math and look at things, um, I, I'm, I'm yet to find an organization that can't leverage, you know, even if it's five tasks um, that make their lives easier. And then the last one is actually, I just don't have the time to give this to somebody else. Um, so that they're, they're often the four, um, I guess, stories going on in people's minds around why they must keep doing everything. Um, you know, it's like a universal language. It, it is. And, and uh, not to disappoint your listeners, but the reality is that most of what you do is very common to all businesses. It's not unique to your business. There'll, there'll be certain aspects that are unique to your business. Um, and they're often the parts that we want you to do more of. But, but all the rest of it, like, you know, every business has a finance department that requires a bookkeeper. Uh, some form of administration, uh, some form of, you know, initial sales follow-up that could be automated or, or someone else could be setting up an appointment, etc. There are all of these common uh, tasks that, that a business, uh, you know, is required to, to do in order to operate that happen in every business. Uh, and so letting go is actually quite liberating and, uh, and actually very, very profitable. Yeah, I know. I know. Even from from my own personal experiences, when you take the time to step aside and go, how can I do this 
smarter, and you've talked about smart systems, is is just by looking, going, actually, what's out there that can actually bang for its buck, save me a hell of a lot more time, and do it a hell of a lot more efficiently. And once you once you look at that and you start going, wow, okay, so I I can I, I don't know a simple one would be um, get scheduled appointments, get a system to do that rather than you ring having telephone tennis you know, trying to get the points in. It's amazing how much time can be saved that allows you to then be more productive. Uh, yeah, you know, one of the little, um, I got a little reminder that pops up once a month, um, which it, it just says, um, um, go to App Store. And so I, I've got, I'm, I'm in an Apple environment. So I, I, just, I just spend 15 minutes on the App Store looking at new apps that have been launched and released. Um, and inevitably I'll download one or two and trial them and, because technology is moving so fast and it, you know, it's so challenging to stay a, a, across all of it. But as I said, I just, for 15 minutes, once a month, I just jump, jump onto the app store. I look at the newest releases. I look at the most, what's most popular in certain areas. Um, and and that, that enables me to open my eyes to how technology can, uh, can benefit. Yeah, and I suppose it's it's that thing where you you're dedicating some time aside to improve. It's a bit like um, I think it's that Japanese philosophy kaizen. It's always looking at improvements and just dedicating some time aside to go. Okay, let's see what is out there to see how it can fit and and make things easier. Absolutely, and having fun doing it, I suppose. Because you can get a bit overwhelmed, can't you? It's like, hang on, there's 23 dev. Like, I always laugh with clients who come in and talk about task management software. And I'm like, well, which one do I use? And I go, well, which one fits you best? And which one do you like? Because the majority of them do exactly the same thing. There's no difference, really. It's what color scheme do you like most? Or, or, or you know, it's bizarre. Exactly. The, methodolo the methodology across all of them is very, very similar. Um, you know what's interesting too, I think, um, Jeff, is to encourage, to, for your listeners to encourage their teams to do this, their people that are working with them. Um, you know, I, um, I, I'm very open that I'm not the greatest person when it comes to technology. Uh, I want to know what technology can do. I don't want to do the doing. And so, um, my, you know, I, I'll, I, my team spent time... Um, you know, we, we just did an exercise. Uh, I, I was uh, I was in an event, and someone mentioned a piece of software that may be, you know may be useful. Um, and we just spent the last month trialing it in our business. Um, I was only involved very um, in a very small way in that trial. Uh, we the, the team made the decision that we weren't going to move forward with it, and they they uh, gave me a really good um, I guess one page you know pros and cons and how they came to their decision. Um, but what it did is it opened their eyes to um, there are better ways that we can um, we can do things in our business. And what was interesting was, and, and I think this is a really important one, a lot of people will choose software without actually having a specific criteria for what they're wanting it to do. Um, so we, we, in the trial that we did for the month, we were, we were clear on, well, if we're going to change, uh, this is what we needed to be able to do as a minimum and this is what we're looking for it to, to do on top of that. And it didn't fit that criteria, so we let it go. Whereas most people would get the software, I've already paid for it, um, and then 
you know, two or three months down the track, work out that it's not the right fit for them. And they're already, they're locked in then. Yeah, they'll almost try and change their way of wanting to do it in order to fit that specific platform because that's what they've invested in. Exactly. Rather than actually looking at, can you, you know, look for the best one rather than trying to fit it just because you've jumped the gun and bought the thing. Correct. Yeah, I wish Correct. I'd spoken to you about 10 years ago. <laughs> well, <laughs> the 10 years ago, I may have been making that same mistake. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Hey guys, so just before we jump over to the second part of the show, I wanted to let you know that the closed group Success IQ Alliance is now open to anyone who wants to be part of the community. I'm really excited to do this because I really want to meet more people to get a community growing of like-minded people looking at creating the exceptional life. So all you need to do is search on Facebook for Success IQ Alliance and I look forward to seeing you there. Take care. Okay, so what we're going to do now is we're going to jump over to the second part of the show, which is where I get an opportunity to ask you a set of questions um, where we will you know, ask every single guest who comes on the show just to see if they have something interesting within their experiences. So are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, so the first question is, on average, how much time a week do you dedicate to self-development? five hours a week okay do you have a specific um uh, format that you prefer is the audio books or uh, reading book or what is it that you prefer i go through phases it's a good question uh, i'd say that the majority of my learning is uh audio books although at the moment uh i'm going through a phase of video i'm, I'm liking video courses okay what one do you use what we as in video course because it's, it's like creative live or masterclass or something like that or is it oh no these are just um, um sp specific courses that i've right. purchased yeah okay 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 brilliant okay question number two is what book has made the biggest impact to your self-development or personal growth and why oh wow wow easy questions matt wow. easy questions. um yeah so i i um I'd say the biggest book when, when I think of business is um, business is the e-myth, sorry, e-myth mastery. I think that was, that's the business, that's the book for me that's had the biggest impact in business. Um, outside of business would be, um, so in personal would be um, uh, Tony Robbins unlimited power. It was one of the first ever personal development books that I read and, uh, it, it, it was one of those life-changing books for me. I'd love there to be a questionnaire of, of like coaches and consultants when they first started off and looking down this journey, which ones looked at Tony Robbins first? <laughs> because I think, I think mine was personal power too. And then the, yeah. is it awaken the giant within? I think. Yes, um, yes. And I, I remember my uncle giving me this box of cassettes. That's how old I am. Oh my God. Remember cassettes. And it was literally, I used to I used to sit and listen to it and um, God it was just great stuff but you just sit there and go now it all fits in this damn phone where well, I used to have to carry around boxes of cassettes if I wanted to listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> okay, question number three: What app makes the biggest impact to your business or life? Uh, Google Drive. Okay. 
yeah, we uh, our whole business is operated in a Google environment now. And Drive, I find that I'm, um, yeah, it just makes life so much more streamlined for me. Yeah, I don't even think I use my hard drive on my Mac now. No. I think literally everything. I remember the days where you used to have like five or six hard drives in your computer. I don't think I'd touch it now. Yeah. It's, it's, it's more like it's more like a, it were just cold rubbish until it's transferred over to somewhere else. <laughs> okay, question number four. What's your biggest business mistake which turned into a valuable lesson and what did it teach you? Um, I, oh, biggest business lesson. I'm, um, I think the biggest business lesson for me um, was um, learning that marketing wasn't advertising. Um, understanding that uh, marketing is the lifeblood of the business. And so, you know, um, I opened my business, we had great growth, but then it was this seesaw. So we'd advertise, we'd get new customers, then we'd be delivering, we'd stop advertising, then we'd lose customers. And it was this constant uh, up and down. And I think once I understood that marketing happens every single day, it's, uh, it's, it's, you may do campaigns and the like, but marketing is, is something that is installed and you, can, you need to be generating leads every day in your business. Uh, that really just transformed um, all of the businesses that, that I um, have been a part of since and then mentored. It's interesting that because quite a lot of businesses, when they're going through financial struggles, the first people that get the cut is marketing. Absolutely. It's, it's weird, isn't it? When, you, when it's like, well, how else are we going to know and generate more sales if we're not marketing consistently? It's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting way that they're, they're, they react to that sort of thing. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, question number five. What are your challenges in harmonizing work and life and how do you manage them? Um. The, the, the challenges that, that I'm experiencing now, I think, is having a growing family. So um, I've got three children, um, 11, 8, and 4. And um, as, as they get older, the, the time that, number one, they want from you, and number two, um, in everything that they're doing, all of their various activities and the like, um, can be quite draining. And so what that does is... Um, it leaves very little time for my wife and I. And so we've made the conscious decision that putting, putting our relationship first means we have more to give to the kids. And getting that balance right is probably the biggest challenge. Yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? Because you don't realise how... You know it's going to be challenging when you have mm. kids. But you... And despite what your parents may tell you, uh, you think they're they're old. They're, that's just what they think. But by God, when you still, <laughs> when they start growing up, it's like oh my God, and it doesn't stop. Mine are nineteen and seventeen, and it's yeah. still the same. It doesn't. Yeah. It, you know, it's like my parents were saying. You know, even when they get old and leave home, you still worry about them. It's always yes. going to be something. But it's, yeah. yeah, I know exactly what you mean. It's a nice mm. age though, with um, having three of them all that age. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah. Hopefully they all like the same sport. So you take them all at the same time. 
and then you've got to battle which game you're going to watch first. That's right. That, that, and that, that's the challenge, right? Yes, yeah, exactly. Uh, particularly as they outnumber us three to two. So, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, question number six. What advice would you give an entrepreneur that you wish you had known starting out? Um, um, invest in marketing. Like, get your marketing... You need to invest and, and ensure that you can market and generate leads for your product or service. Um, I think too many people fall in love with the what that they do uh, versus actually working out whether it's commercially viable. Um, and so in anything new that, that either we do in our business or that we recommend in our clients, um, it's, it's a 12-week, uh, we've, we've developed a, sort of like this 12-week on-ramping. If in 12 weeks it doesn't hit a specific um, metric, um, and that metric's chosen, you know, in the in the beginning, as like a success metric. Then you have to dump it; otherwise, you'll end up hemorrhaging and, and losing lots of money. And for you personally, within your business, what is your most successful um, marketing avenue? Is it a certain social media platform, or do you do you um, kind of like mix and match? Yeah, so Facebook is our number one. Um, um, online, but also to, um, we, we sort of made a strategic decision last year. We rebranded and we've got our a consulting arm now. Um, the consulting, um, we, we've got a metric, which is how many coffees or lunches do I have in a week? Um, and believe it or not, from the consulting perspective, more work comes from coffees and lunches than Facebook and the like. But it's amazing how much coffees can add up over a month when you're doing those meetings. Yes. yes. Like, we, I was like budgeting it out and I was going, oh my God, I can't believe I spent that much on tea and coffee. Yeah. It's, yeah. Just, it's crazy. But I suppose if you're getting the reward back, then it's worth every penny. That's right. So these aren't just chats too. Just, yeah, just yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. It's when you're wringing out the tea bags and using them three times, you know that you're in a bad place. <laughs> well, I think a lot of people waste a lot of time. So these are, these are very, you know, strategic coffees or lunches with the right people with the intention of, you know, doing business now or in the future. I think a lot of people have these coffee meetings uh, without a clear intention that you're actually there to, to want to do business. Yeah. And I have to admit for transparency, that was one of my weaknesses because with me as a coach with me wanting to naturally help people what i found was is is that i would put way 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 more time aside to take to have a conversation with them in case i could help them rather <laughs> than in case i could work with them and it be i think it was about two or three years ago it was like no no i've got to be a hell of a lot more slicker with the way i do my meetings and i, I reduce the time so it wasn't the traditional hour you know that i would normally just block away so i'm a lot more slicker on that and it is amazing how how much an hour will go into two hours so yeah, it's okay. been managing that time isn't it yeah 100 percent. and i think that's a really good point you, you bring that for your listeners is you know I, i'll often um set a 40 or 45 minute meeting whereas most people will set the hour and mm. and that, that sort of shorter time frame um it really does make a huge difference to you, to you sticking to time. Yeah, and I even changed my Google appointment. Um, I can't remember what it calls it. I think he calls it a quick meeting setting where it'll set it for 50, 50 minutes, not the full hour. So it books in the slot of only 50 minutes 
just to yeah. make it clear that I'm not doing it for an hour because I'll get, I'll get trapped. So it's just those little tweaks that can, that can help you. And, and as you say, you've just been a lot more strategic in, your, in what you're doing with your time. Because there's yes. plenty of tire kickers out there. As a coach, and I'm sure you've probably experienced this as well, as a coach, there's plenty of people who want to pick your brains, but don't, <laughs> but don't want to give you the money. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I gave up. Well, as soon as someone said, "Can I take you to lunch and pick your brain?" Um, you know, unfortunately, I don't coach for free. Yeah, uh, a book that you can read or a podcast that you can yeah. listen to. Yeah, that, that, that's so it's so helpful having a podcast show because you got yeah. oh, episode three. That's where you want to go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, uh, question number seven: What is your definition of success? Um, my definition of success is, uh, and it, it's, uh, I've heard it from others before as well, uh, being able to do what I want, when I want, with whom I want in the manner that I want, um, as a, as a broad, um, as a broad spectrum, that's, that's success for me. But, but if I was to put it into two words, uh, freedom and fulfillment. Brilliant. Excellent. Thank you. Uh, question number eight is, do you have any daily routines or rituals that make a huge impact to your day? I do. Um, so I have a, a start of day ritual that I've been doing now for about the last 11 years. Um, so I get up and do some form, so I do this six days a week, some form of exercise, um, whether that's going to the gym, uh, walk, swim, just doing something and move, moving. Um, I then, um, I go to this, I live near the beach here in Sydney and I go to this little spot near the beach. Um, I read my, I've got what I call my desire statement. So it's my four page written story of the life that I'm creating. Um, I do affirmations, gratitudes. Uh, I meditate for 20 minutes. Um, I write in my journal. I, I then, I've got two lists and I, so I read these every day, which is, list of why I can achieve the life of my dreams and the list of why I must achieve the life of my dreams. Um, and then I'll create uh, my to-do list for the day. Um, that's my beginning of day ritual. Uh, I've got a beginning of work day ritual. So I'll come into the office and because um, I've already got my, my day pretty much planned out um, for the first 10 minutes, um, I put a timer on for 10 minutes and I try and um, knock off as many things off my to-do list as possible. Um, and I set a little game for myself. So I'm always trying to beat yesterday's n number. So um, when you mean, when you say knock off, Matt, do you mean they're not important or quick wins? Quick wins. Sorry. Yeah. Get them done. Um, I like ticking things off my to-do list. And so by starting each day, having ticked off, you know, um, eight to 12 uh, items. So I'm just looking at little things that I can do quickly. Uh, that quick email, that quick this, that, you know, whatever it might be. Um, I'll review social media. Um, and again, I'll just do it for five minutes. Um, so I'll, I'll review LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. Um, they're the main channels that I'm involved with. Um, I'll then um, check in with my team via Slack. Um, and then I get into my day. So that's my beginning of day ritual. Um, the last one I have is a, a end of work day ritual. Um, and, I, and I think this was, this was a, this one was really life changing for me because I was the guy that wanted to 
feeling every minute of the day. So I'd literally be on the phone, walking in the door, and then the phone would stop. And I and I wasn't. I was. I was still in work mode, and I wasn't in in family mode yet. Um, so now I, at the end of my day, I um, return any emails. I um, I um, review social media. I write what were my wins for the day, what were my learnings for the day, and what do I want to do differently tomorrow? And I answer those three questions, and that's like me closing off my day. Um, and then uh, I, I don't live very far from home, but I listen to music now from, from um, so I'll either walk to the office or if, I'm, if I've been out and about, I'll drive. So I, I don't do phone calls on the way home and I don't, I don't listen to audio books or anything like that. The drive home is music um, to, and that's my transition time from work to now having to be husband, father, etc. Oh, okay. Uh, so I have a couple of questions about this. So um, number one, journaling. Um, how long have you journaled? Ooh. Probably the last 10 years. Okay, so do you use a free writing uh, strategy or do you use a structured strategy that you can buy within a, you know, like a, a pre, a pre-purchable journal? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just free writing. Okay, okay. And have you always free written? It's always been the same strategy. Yes. Right, okay. Um, meditation, how long have you meditated? Uh, almost two years. Okay, so for you, um, you know, it's it's one of those things that you know I talk to, talk to a lot of my clients and talk about the importance of meditation and the sense of being able to improve your performance and your mental acuity and your mindset and that sort of thing. For you, where what advice would you give someone if they were just starting to think about the meditation, or they were kind of like going, "What the heck is this meditation stuff that everyone's going on about?" Yeah, so I'll share a little bit of what my light bulb moment around this was. Um, I I always thought meditation meant you're switching your mind off. And it was only when um, a, a long-term client of mine actually became a meditation teacher and she taught me how to meditate, where she taught me that, no, it's not about turning your mind off. It's about allowing the thoughts to flow but coming back to a center point. And so, so I resisted for so long because I didn't believe I could achieve a meditative state because my mind's going at 100 miles an hour, etc. Um, so um, for me, what it does is it just um, it gives me that 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 edge so that um, I can absorb more. So between you know, it, particularly Jeff, as you know, in coaching. We're absorbing um, the challenges that our clients uh, are going through at the time and trying to help them. You've got your own life that's going on. Um, you're trying to grow your own company. Um, and then as, a, as, as entrepreneurs and achievers, we're always striving for the next thing. Um, and, then, and then you've got life that's over, outside of that that's overlaid on all of this. And so for me, it was about um, having this time well, it's twice a day that I stop and enable and I enable my mindset to to really um, reset but also too I figured well I was training my physical body 
to be fit and healthy and for longevity. Um, meditation for me is like the um, exercise of the mind, the cardio or weight training of the mind. And um, because I've got so much that I, I want to achieve in my lifetime and I, I, I've made a firm decision, I don't want to live a life of regret, um, the mental strength part, so attaching it to that was the key for me. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because I definitely, for me, I definitely need it to help me deal with the stuff from sometimes in some days more from the stuff that the clients have put on me or shared um just to kind of like do that reset because you know whether it's uh i don't know a ceo that's going through burnout or you know someone that just can't understand why things are going wrong or something and it's just to be able to go all right okay i just need to get myself to that place where I can reset and then I can deal with not only the stuff that's going on, but as you lovely, nicely put it, that transition that goes, okay, I'm dad now and I'm, I'm husband or partner or whatever is just to be able to go through that transition. Cause I think that's the, that's the key bit is I see so many issues of people bringing crap from home to work and crap from work to home. It's mm. just that they just need to be able to, it's hard, you know, and I acknowledge that sometimes it can be challenging. Of course it can, but it's just to be able to sometimes just move that from, and I love the fact that you, you look at it from that point of, you know, if I want to get my body fit, I've got to get my mind fit too. And it, it isn't about listening to personal development things um, because we can all get consumed by that. It's sometimes about just being still and allowing that. And also the fact that I think one of the things I want to highlight to the listeners is it's this combination of the journaling and the reflection and the meditation that can just have such a huge impact on us. And I want you also to understand this is something that's really key is the wins and the learnings. It's stopping for a moment and identifying or what it is that was good. And then what could I do better? Just as a per the growth, I love the I love the way you add that to your daily routine. Excellent. Cool. Okay, so the final question is a life lesson question. This is where I get to ask you to pick a number between one and twenty. It was one to fifty, but I decided to do a little cleanse myself. Um, mm -hmm. So please, just pick a number between one and twenty. It'll land on a life lesson that I've learned, and it's our final topical conversational point. Eleven. Okay, 11 is never be ashamed to show your emotions. Um, so this is the one thing that I kind of like, as I grew up, um, I didn't think it was good to talk about um, the bad stuff or how I felt. And I also thought it was a sign of weakness if I um, basically saw let people see I cried. Um, which now in my 42nd, no, yeah, 42nd years, nearly 43, um, I've learned that's an utter pile of bollocks. Um, and that I think it's, it's important that we share how we're feeling in, to the right people. And we shouldn't be ashamed as if we are feeling in those um, desperate states or those emotional states. Um, and I just wondered what you thought about that. Yeah, I think, um, I think particularly in business, uh, vulnerability uh, uh, really breeds trust and loyalty from your people, both your customers as well as your as well as your your staff and your teams. And 
I think that, you know, I think that there's times where we need to put a brave face on, but often I think um, that authenticity and that, I guess, humanizing who you are enables people to connect with you at a deeper level. Um, I think the other thing too is by bottling all that up and feeling you can't express that emotion, uh, inevitably it comes out in some other way, whether it's you sabotaging aspects of, of what you're doing um, or, you know, um, frustration and anger, um, which, which ends up having a negative impact anyway. And I, I really do think that um, authenticity in, in what we do these days is, is essential. And so I think that, um, yeah, and, and it, as you were describing that, Jeff, I, I thought yeah, that, that was me um, in my early um, uh, business career. You know, um, my dad, God love him, one of my best mates, but, you know, he was like, you're a man, you know, you don't cry, et cetera, et cetera. That was just the era that, that he grew up in. Uh, and, you know, but him and I have shared many moments together where, you know, it's led to us both crying on each other's shoulder. Uh, and that's brought us closer together. It's those moments, that I think, that brought us closer together than anything else. Yeah, it's lovely. I mean, I think to be honest, it's one of the main reasons I do what I do, uh, because I didn't and I lost practically six years of my life because of illness caused or triggered by the stress that was caused because I didn't speak out. Mm. So for me, it's that, you know, the the... The cost of what we think in our, you know, whether we want to look at it from an ego or a bravado or, or um, it's not the thing to do. And you mentioned at the beginning um, of the show when we were talking about, you know, people don't always want to talk about their emotions and those sort of things. Sometimes the consequences of that can have, you know, that crucible moment that makes you change. My crucible moment was I hit the brick wall. Um, and it's and it and it it almost buried me. So it's about taking. It's not about saying that, as you say, it's just, there's times where you've got to put on a brave face and head down, get on with it, and move through. Because in business, there's an awful lot of things that are going to create fear, and there's an awful lot of things that can, you know, go wrong and and challenges and all of those sort of things. But I think it's that ability to having a trusted group of people. Um, whether it be something like a coach or whether it be a mastermind group or just some confidants that you have, it's that ability to go, okay, like I need to go, or, you know, go and seek professional help. It's that ability just to go, okay, I'm just going to talk about it and get it out. Yes. So we are at the end of the show. Um, I'm sure you're looking out there at the, the waves on a lovely sandy beach as the great white sharks swim through and all of the other... <laughs> 47 poisonous animals that live in that country. Um, the floor is now yours. How can we find out more about you? Um, what is the best place to connect with you? Um, whatever it is that you would like to share, please do so. Excellent. So um, the, um, our business is called Wisdom Consulting Group. Um, the, uh, so it's wisdomcg.com.au. Um, but also too, as um, I, the thing I'm very, very passionate about is the, the book that I wrote, which is the Stop Doing List. So if you go to stopdoing.com.au, um, uh, there's, a, there's a summary of the book on there. There's also some free resources that you can get that help you, um, you know, really, I guess, start to free yourself from all the, the mundane and give you a roadmap on how to, uh, how to start to leverage your time so you can, uh, you know, either 
focus on the more profitable aspects of your business or, or focus on the more profitable aspects of your life. Brilliant. Brilliant. Thanks very much, Matt. I'm really, I'm going to get myself over to that to have a look at it. Is it available on Kindle as well or? It, uh, it is Kindle. It's available uh, on Audible also. Also. And um, also you have a podcast show as well with a former guest, um, Barbara Turley, who was on episode 91. Um, what's that podcast again? Can you remind us? Oh, yes, that's the Virtual Success Show. So uh, Barbara and I um, have many conversations and lessons around how to, how to best use virtual teams in your organization. Brilliant, brilliant. Final opportunity just to say, Matt, thank you very much for joining me. Um, is it, it's early your way, isn't it? It's late here, so it must be early where you are. Um, thanks very much for joining us and just wishing you the greatest success. Thanks, Jeff. First of all, let me just say a huge and massive thank you for joining me today. It's lovely to know you're listening. I really appreciate the support. If you would like to know more about me, the services I offer, how to connect with me on social media, then please visit www.successiq.co.uk. Remember, if you're interested in learning some great strategies that I teach or want to be part of the amazingly supportive community where you can find lives, Q&A sessions and other great educational empowering resources, then take action and search for Success IQ Alliance on Facebook and join this brilliant group. It would be lovely to see you there. You can tune in and listen to us on Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud and TuneIn and of course iTunes. And if you have enjoyed the show and have the time, please leave a rating and review because it really does help me grow the show and make the impact that I'm aspiring to do. I wish you the greatest success and remember, don't settle for mediocrity. Go out there and create and live the exceptional. Have a lovely week and remember, just one conversation can create a lifetime of results. See you next week.